Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. You have offended this podcast and you have offended the entire movie making community. And welcome back to part three of the podcast. We're going to pick up here where we left off yesterday. If you'd like to become a patron and get all of our episodes in full on Sunday night, you can go to patreon.com slash you have offended this podcast. Support at any level there. We have levels that start at just $5 a month. We'll get you all of our full episodes without this pitch to the patrons on Sunday night in full. Remember, you can also go to offendedpodcast.com. You can go there, buy some merch. That'll give you something cool, and it'll also give us a little something to keep the lights on over here at You Have Offended This Podcast main headquarters. Check us out on our social media. At Twitter, we are at YHOTP. On Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube, you can just search You Have Offended This Podcast, and you'll find us there. You can interact with us there. We'll answer your questions. You can give us movies that you'd like to see, favorite scenes, favorite actors, actresses, anything like that. We'd love to hear from you. So check those things out. Please become a patron. If you can't do that, give us a rating. Give us a review on iTunes or Stitcher or wherever you download your podcasts. That's a huge help. Or at the very least, if you could just tell a few friends about us, that would be awesome too. Okay, so enjoy part three of the podcast. And kicks the fuck out of like three guys and kicks a bottle at everybody. And then grabs Astri and runs the fuck out. And they're gone. I tell you. They're out. He he came flying into frame almost as fast as that guy on the motorcycle in Rumble in the Bronx <laughs> that Rumble took out the, the fucking pop machine. <laughs> like it was I was trying to think of a comparative quick entry, but that's it. <laughs> like that's how fast know, he like, came in. Like whoa! he comes in super mad fast and basically smashes the bottle. All the glass goes into um, Ratger's face. Ratger's face here, and you know the the makeup effects are quite like you know for a low budget film, like they're they're good. They're they they sell pretty good. He looks like Pinhead from Hellraiser. Yeah, Pinhead with glass glass face with glass face. <laughs> but yeah, you uh, see how much of a he, psycho he is because he pulls a piece of glass out of his own face and jams it into Johnny's, which I was like, fuck, that's. That's pretty dope. Like that's, that's pretty. Uh, that's a pretty hardcore, psychotic way to psychotic way to do it. Make your point. I got you. I mean, you've made your point, sir. Hmm. There's uh, shockingly little blood on his white shirt with all the glass stuck in his face, though. <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> maybe it's blocking an artery. I don't know. Impaled objects. That's how they work. But they cut out of here. Uh, Ratger tells Johnny to go get that fucking girl back. And then we cut to Adit here out on the street. And Adit, this is a goddamn insane little section because... This is a good... Yeah, this is done it's well. It's a good man. fight, man. Adit is is panhandling to cars at this stoplight. And then Astri and Uda come up here to find him and take him. But some dude just fucking grabs him and drags him off. And as the dude drags him off... Astri and Uda run after him. And then we get this mental fight scene between Uda and I think there's is there three there's three guys with like metal pipes, right? With metal pipes, man. And they use them like Cali sticks. Um, yeah. It's, it's good. fucking awesome. They're basically fighting on this pedestrian bridge over a fucking highway. And these guys are throwing. There's a scene where a guy swings the fucking metal pipe like a Louisville slugger 
at Addy. <laughs> yeah. And oh yeah. And Yuta picks him up and basically picks him up so the so the bat slides under his body. Yep. It's yep. so great. And then and they they sell that up, shit well. I was just like, Jesus, he's gonna hit the little fucking kid. Like I don't <laughs> I don't like kids getting murdered, man. I just watched Revenge of the Ninja. I don't like kids right? getting murdered. But he uh, he does an excellent job in this fight scene, man. The action is really good. He's actually fighting. He's holding a metal pipe in each hand. And he's yeah. got a guy to his left and a guy to his right, basically in front of him, but on either side. And they're attacking him, and he is blocking and striking each of them one hand apiece. You know what I mean? Like, it's nuts. his left hand it's is fighting nuts, the dude. guy on his left. The right hand is fighting the guy on his right. It's choreographed exceptionally well, man. It's so yeah. good. It's, it's, it's ridiculously good. He's throwing the pipe at one dude and he's he's he lines this one dude up and like like hits him like 58 11 times all over the place there's a really great shot where he blocks from front to back the one guy and then he sw- yes. he swats the dude's leg from behind and then on his chest on the comeback like wah, wah, and just yeah, wrecks man. the dude off it's fucking good dude like this is a good fight scene i i, I also would like to give a shout out to whoever did the foley because the foley in this scene is dope, like where it's clanging off the outside yeah. edges of the rail and stuff. It fits really it's well. It's really good. It's funny because when they were interviewing Gareth Evans and a number of people, he said that the most important thing for him was that if a Silat practitioner watched the film, they would clearly know that this person on screen was a well-versed Silat practitioner. And he did not want to use actors and train them in Silat so there'd ever be a point where you could point to, oh, that's the guy the, that is the actor. That's the guy who was trained. He's doing a pretty good job, but you can tell that he's an actor trained in Silat. He actually wanted everyone that was that was fighting to be a real Silat practitioner. And he said he was really, really happy that he got somebody like Eco. And um, fuck, I can never... I, I, I can only do white names. I'm so sorry. <laughs> um, <laughs> Iko Ues. Iko Ues and Ruihan. Yayan Ruihan. Yayan Ruihan. I apologize. I fucking. It's like, it would be like great if everybody's name was like Danny My McGee. My tongue doesn't anime. do that. Like, God damn it. <laughs> Danny McGee and uh, Willie McDonald. <laughs> All these <laughs> Scottish and Irish names that I can fucking manage to get out of my mouth. But anyway, he basically was just <laughs> he was just saying he was just basically <laughs> saying that these guys were showcasing Silat was the most important thing to him, and he didn't want to basically take an actor and train them in this. He wanted somebody that had a really good understanding of it. And what a great job that he did is basically what I was trying to say there. Yeah, he did a really good job in that. I, I appreciate that when people do that, like when we did Vision Quest, and and they had. Uh, an actual wrestling coach come in cash stone to do the coaching. Yeah. And yes. you know, you can, if you're a wrestler, you can watch that movie and go, okay, those dudes know what they're, they were coached. Well, like obviously Modine's not a professional wrestler or, a, or an Olympic wrestler. But yeah. You can tell that he was trained well. And the other people in the movie knew what the hell they were doing. And this yeah, movie really is well the same done. way. You can really tell that, Iko Uwais knows what he's doing when he fights later Yayan Ruihan when he fights Eric. You can tell these are two very skilled dudes that are going at it. It's great, man. It's it's well, well done. And Yayan Ruihan, that was like 
that was his uh that was his first gig like this is yeah. his first i think this is his first film and he just Talk showed up screen and they were presence. like hey can you yeah like this guy this guy's amazing like in all of the films like when he was in the raid on the raid 2 like he's he's like, so anytime good in the he's raid, on dude. screen he can he can do like amazing things that just make you stare at him like it's awesome yeah he's another one of those guys man that when he's on screen that confidence just comes through and you just want to watch the dude you know i, I remember that this old scene from um Magnificent Seven, where Yul Brenner is on screen with Steve McQueen. And the focus of the scene is Yul Brenner talking to somebody who's off screen. So you're supposed to be watching Yul Brenner. And Steve McQueen is just sitting there smiling and he's fucking with his cowboy hat. Yeah. And you can't not look at Steve McQueen. Yeah. yeah. You know, yeah. like he just finds a way to make you look at him. Yeah. Even if it's not his scene. Yeah. These guys are like that. They just pull your eyes to them and make you watch them. It's really good, man. I, I don't know if that's a yeah. skill or if that's a thing people just have, but these two dudes got it. Well, I mean, same thing with Henry Fonda in Once Upon a Time in the West. Yes. He yeah, exactly. He plays Frank. He plays like the most evil killer of all time, and he's got these piercing blue eyes, and every time that motherfucker's on the screen, you're just like, I am terrified of this man, but I want him dead as dirt also. I want I want him dead, but I can't look away. Like he he's like again, these 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 top tier people have that that screen presence where, you know, they just capture your attention. <laughs> so we cut here to the, the the series of tubes again. Uda takes Astri and Adit back to his uh, house tubes, I guess. Whatever <laughs> yeah. tubes. Yeah. Back to his tubes, his series of tubes, and they're having a little heart to heart here about you know what they're doing and what's going on. And hey, you want to come back to my tomato village? And she's like, I don't want to go back and pick tomatoes. Like what? And he's he he makes the mistake of being like, what are you going to stay here and strip? Yeah. And she she gives the answer that I think probably every dancer says, which is, I'm a dancer. Yeah. If some guy wants to watch me, then that's him. Yeah. Well, she is more like a, you know, like a go-go dancer, hot pants and boots. But, kinda, you know, that's gal, the yeah. that's the gateway for these ass hats to uh kidnap them. So, anyway, yeah. that's kind of how it goes and he gives her like a I don't know, a pizza pocket or some fucking some gives fucking her a shit. Hot, uh, try the hot pockets. They're they're breathtaking. <laughs> they're breathtaking. <laughs> And he gives her like a two tube cushioned to uh, move away. He kind of goes to a different tube uh, to go yeah. to sleep for his night. And boy, Ratger and Luke here are unhappy that this dude came in and kicked glass in Ratger's face. And uh, these two guys here have a little bit of a tete a tete where I think Luke is trying to talk some sense into Ratger of like, hey man, what are you? Let's just fucking let this go. We got four girls. Yeah. Like, let what are we doing? Like, stop being an asshole. And Ratker's yeah. like, hey, man, we don't play that. <laughs> like, Ratker's fucking nuts here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He tears yeah, Luke's uh... shirt open. See these scars? Yeah. Remember what I did to that fucking guy? <laughs> yeah. Remember that guy that gave you those scars? How many pieces is he in now? <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm not even going to reference <laughs> what happened in this film earlier but yeah he basically yeah luke basically just wants to cut bait and go take their money and say 
listen, this, and he's basically saying, this guy is fucking dangerous. He's unpredictable. He ran into a room, kicked the fuck out of everybody, threw a bottle in the air, kicked it into your face, and, uh, you know, shredded it. And then the only ran thing off. missing was a smoke bomb. Like, what the fuck do yeah. you need? <laughs> yeah, there's a good gimmick here where uh, where Ratger hits uh, Luke in the head with a glass, and he's bleeding. That and it's actually a pretty good gimmick. Like it it looks yeah. it looks legit. The blood's pouring at a good rate. It's nice and thick. The color's good. Like the color's good. It's not. It looks great, know. man. From the time from impact of glass to blood pouring down. Yes. Like it was really good, I thought it was like Jesus. That looks really great. Like the the, the amount of blood coming down over his eye, it's, it looks fucking great, man. Yeah, this and, dude uh, got cut in the dojo once, and he he got cut, and he just kind of looked at my brother and stared at him, like because he was in a little bit of shock. And yeah. my brother said, he goes, he was just staring at me and staring at me, and then all of a sudden, blood just started coming out like a fountain, and he still kept staring at me, and I was like, oh Jesus, John. <laughs> John, but anyway, it just reminded me of that. It's <laughs> just standing Damn, there, and then the blood, the blood starts to rush out. It's uh, pretty cool. <laughs> but here we get the fucking awesome reveal, dude. Yeah, this is pretty good. Johnny comes back in here with three of his guys, and Ratger here. I, uh, doesn't Johnny say something to the effect of like, "I brought these guys here," and Ratger's like, "Why the fuck do you think I want to see them?" <laughs> He's, yes. The, the incredulous look on Ratger's. Ratger plays this. Ratger. Mads Kudal, Radker, plays this scene really well, I thought. And I like how Luke keeps turned away from the camera, too, so nobody ever sees the blood on Luke's yes. face. Yes, But this is, of course, the big reveal that one of those thugs is Eric, the guy that he met on the bus, played, yes. of course, by Yayan Ruhan. Yeah, the reveal here that Eric is part of the crew, and you're like, oh, fuck, that's the dude from the bus. God oh. damn it. And and you actually realize that guy seemed like a nice guy, but he obviously failed his Morantau because now he is deep in the underbelly of crime. Now he's a leg breaker from some two-bit loan shark. Now he's, a, pusher. now he's a leg breaker for a two-bit loan shark. You could Get have been somebody. Get your little chicken asses out of here. Yeah. Women weaken your legs. Don't you know that? <laughs> <laughs> but they, uh, they cut back here. Ratger kicks these guys out. They have to go find the girl, uh, Astri. And this is where we end up with all the thugs trying to catch and pull Astri back into this world of trafficking and being a hooker and it's awful. So we get the next little cut here to the next morning and Uda and Astri and Adit are all here and they're trying to get Astri's money back that she had left and, uh, they have to break in here and, and get this so that they can all survive and eat. And Astri says at one point, you know, I think it's later in the film, actually, where she says, I take care of Adit and he's never he's never gone hungry or something like that. And he never will. Yeah. Something to that effect. Yes. Although he was stealing food in the first fucking scene we see him. <laughs> well, yeah, he's never gone hungry because of his deft thievery. But um, <laughs> this, this, this kind of this kind of reminds me a little bit of, you know, like the watch. uh the watch in Pulp Fiction. You know, Bruce Willis has got to get in there to get the watch off of the kangaroo. Um, it's very similar, yeah. Because they basically sneak up to the apartment. 
She says that all of the money that she's been saving in her tips and her go-go dancing, she's kept inside her apartment under the rug. And she's like, there's no goddamn way I'm leaving without my money. Like, you know, like yeah. I worked you can really stop hard. that. You know, I don't I, I don't have to. I don't want to tell you how what, what I went through to get that money. But trust me, it was a lot. It was um, a lot. It's on the bedside table by the little kangaroo. Uh, so she basically says to Yuda, like, go in there. It's under the rug. You can't miss it. And Yuda starts going in, doing his uh, sneaky walk into the apartment, which, at the end of the day, is the money worth it? Because there's a lot of thugs hanging around outside that apartment. There's some thugs peeing in the apartment. (laughs) (laughs) He, He literally walks into the apartment with the thug peeing in it. Although I believe that's the ground, that's the ground toilet, so it's actually the thing. But he, uh, what's a ground know, flips... toilet? Well, the ground toilet is the the floor level toilet that most uh, oh, Asian countries yeah, yeah, have. Yeah. It's like a squat, yes. like a squat toilet, right? But uh, he gets the money out of the floor, out of the little canister, and then these two guys, you know, he he gets caught. He realizes, oh my god, there's a guy walks in. Oh my god, you're right there, and he sidekicks this one dude right through the fucking window and then dude he picks up this canister and underhand like fires it at that dude yeah dude. yeah <laughs> takes it like, right off I don't his know. feet it's like, incredible it hit him it hit him either in the shin knees or nuts like i, I couldn't quite <laughs> see but all of those are painful it's like a propane <laughs> yeah, tank launched at him man and then astri and added are they're they're hiding in this little bush and this stupid bitch on a balcony points shit. down Fuck and she's like girl. she yells to the guy she's like hey hey there's two hiding over here there's two people hiding here and it's like you motherfucker like yeah. nosy gossipy neighbor fucking calls them out man yeah, she's like the fucking guy in the ball truck in Rumble in the Bronx. Yeah, yeah, the guy in the ball truck. Please don't say anything. What fucking are you doing wavy, in gravy my ball asshole. truck? You doing <laughs> yeah. my ball truck? Fuck you, wavy gravy. Yeah. So they have to run off, and there's a bit of a there's a bit of a Hercules putting on his ring moment here, where like they run in yeah. this alley with the cool graffiti, and she takes like three minutes to say goodbye to Adit while she puts him in this hiding spot, but like dudes were chasing her like right on her. Yeah, they were 15 feet behind her, and then she goes down the alley and has this, like, two-minute scene with her brother saying, oh, you, oh you hide here, hide here in this wall, I'll be right back. And then the second she closes it, these motherfuckers fly around the corner, two behind her, and then one steps in front of her and gives her a goddamn Cynthia Rothrock fucking right hook to the face. Yeah, they're not playing around. Bam! Knocks her cold the fuck out. Man, that slow motion knockout was actually quite good. Like the cinematography, it's slow motion. Her eyes are kind of like woozy and she kind of falls backwards. She's laying on the ground, semi-conscious, and she sees her brother is kind of safe behind this piece of metal siding that she peeled back on a house and he hid in that spot. So, I mean. You're like, bitch, hide. I just put you there. Yeah, yeah. She sells it well, though. Hide your face. (laughs) Yeah, she does. What the fuck are you doing? And little Adit back there, like, I don't know if they threw, like, Tiger Bomb in his face or whatever, but, you know, he's <laughs> tears are streaming down his face. So I don't know how they did yeah. it, if it was ethical or not, but he's in there crying. <laughs> they, they're holding his cat behind the thing with a fucking yeah. knife to yeah. his neck. Cry! <laughs> or they put him in there the day before, and they're just like, you can come out when you cry. He's like, I'm hungry! <laughs> 
<laughs> However, they did it. He sells it well. Yeah, he sells it really, really well. They drag Astri off here, and Adit. I think Adit stays in this hiding spot for like a day and a half, right? Yeah, for the rest of the fucking film, practically. The yeah. rest of the movie, he's there because they just forget about him. They drag her off, and now Uda busts up on top of this building and is now running and like jumping rooftop to rooftop through all these laundry and shit. And yeah. this dude, this fucking scene coming up is one of the most mental things I've seen. Like this was some yeah. innovative shit. Cause this he comes up here and incredible. He sees this building jump where he jumps off the top of one building to the corner of another. And then <laughs> he, he sees this bamboo laundry rack and he turns, he jumps the, the buildings, takes this piece of bamboo off the top of the laundry rack. And as he's doing that, another guy jumps off the building he just came off of and he sticks this fucking pole in the dude's chest and stops him dead. And the guy falls into the yeah. gap between the buildings. It's fucking incredible. <laughs> it's awesome. Like, it's really good. And there's another there's another pretty cool stunt that they don't quite execute as well. Like, they've got this uh, bamboo scaffolding. And yes. they're up on top. And Yuta kicks him off. And the guy falls. Like, it's actually really good. Like, the way that it's done is is quite good. Uh, but you can tell that he's on wires and they didn't quite he's speed him wire, up. yeah. Yeah, they, 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 if they had to sped him up just a little bit more, it would have looked a lot more realistic. Yes. But it was good, though. It was good seeing him seeing him actually go over without a cut. Like, I think that was the, the impressive part. Yeah, that was very cool. And the first one where he stopped the guy with the bamboo, like, the that camera followed nuts, that guy down. And that I think that's what made that cool was the camera dropped with the guy that fell into the alley. And that was like, Jesus Christ, like, holy shit. And he folds backwards and shit. But yeah, the second one wasn't quite as good. Well, there's another thing. It's just a fucking little thing, dude. But there is like a bucket that you mix concrete with kind of laying on its side. And a yes. guy goes to throw a kick <laughs> at Yuta and he checks the kick, but he knocks the guy's leg back into the bucket. Into you the know bucket. What I mean? Yes. Like, it was <laughs> yeah. fucking cool. I was like. That's probably a little accident, but it's fucking dope, man. Like, it looked really good. This is a cool scene, too, because he, he took one of the sheets off the laundry basket, and uh, he, he wrapped the money container up in that, and he was using that yeah. to fuck these dudes up and swing it around. But he So he finishes that, he straps the thing over his shoulder, and then he walks to go through the fence. So you think everything's over. He goes to the fence, and then, bam, this fucking motorbike slams into the fence and chucks him back. Yeah, that fucking Jackie, Jackie Chan guy. That guy that keeps totally fucking... Jackie Chan him. He, he smashed the fucking pop machine. He smashed the popcorn machine. He comes flying <laughs> through the gate. And now Yuta is running down this narrow alley with this motorcycle guy chasing him. He actually picks up a crate and throws it, and Buddy pops a wheelie and blocks it with the front tire of the bike. It's pretty cool. That was very cool. And then I love this dude walking in to his house, and he's got this blanket over his shoulder. towel or something, yeah. Yeah, and Uda grabs it and pulls it away from him, and the guy grabs it to like keep Uda from stealing it. But what that does is it effectively makes a clothesline across the alley and this dude yeah. just clotheslines himself off the bike it's fucking cool, off the man. bike neat yeah it actually looks really good because he he actually throws himself back and does a really cool like dismount on the bike like obviously he's it's, doing it as a safe stuntman move but it looks really solid like it looks good it looked good very, very there was a, well cool, uh, a very cool wire pull there and yes safe stunt but man 
it looks great when they do it because he he like looks like that thing pulls across his neck and just takes him right off that bike. It looks great for Gareth Evans. Like this being his first film, like his first you know scripted film. This is fucking amazing. Like it really oh, dude, really high is. fives like, all around. And that concludes part three of the podcast. Come back tomorrow for part four. If you'd like to get the entire podcast on Sunday night, you can go to patreon.com slash you have offended this podcast. Patrons get the full show Sunday night without any ads. If you don't want to become a patron, you can go to offendedpodcast.com. Buy some merch there. That'll get you something cool to wear and rep the podcast you know you love. And we get a bit of money, too, to help us keep the lights on here. Please follow us on social media. At Twitter, we're at YHOTP. On Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube, just search You Have Offended This Podcast. You can interact with us there. Leave us your favorite movies, your favorite scenes, any questions you have, anything like that. We'd love to hear from you. Please rate and review us wherever you download your podcasts. Ratings and reviews really help us, particularly on iTunes, if you could. That would be awesome. Make sure to tell your friends, family, loved ones, and hated ones about this podcast. More listens mean more downloads means it's better for everybody. So thanks very much for helping. Come back tomorrow for part four, and we will be back in your ears very soon.